0: Three, two, one. Welcome to Friars on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and to my left is Roy. Hello again. Hi. So, before we get started, I wanted to um, mention that the Padres tomorrow are wearing the El Paso Chihuahuas hats during batting practice and selling them at auction, signing them, and then selling them at auction to to donate, and then donate that money to the El Paso Victims Relief Fund for, yes. the, for the senseless tragedy in, in El Paso. And if I talk any more about it, I'm going to explode. But But
1: that's fantastic that the Padres are doing something as a gesture to reach back to the community. Absolutely. Uh, Because El Paso, yeah, we have an affiliate there, but it's a city. It's a large city, a beautiful city with a lot of really great supporting fans of the organization. But also just a bunch of good human beings that don't deserve to put up with the kind of
0: tragedy that they're dealing with right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, and tonight the, the Tin Caps are playing the Dayton Dragons. The, uh, the Dayton Dragons are also having a uh, have a really really fun, excuse me. Um, if you go to DaytonFoundation.org, you'll see it right on there. You click on that. There's a, there's a fund where you can put money towards it. Um, the Dayton Dragons are in the family of the Midwest League. They are playing the Tin Caps tonight. Um, it's worthy of your money and another senseless tragedy, but I just wanted to bring that out first and foremost Uh, Before we move on, uh, just to put it out there. Really just to put it out there.
1: Yeah, people do horrible things, but we're here to talk about stuff that takes people's minds off of horrible things.
0: Which, absolutely, before we literally clicked uh, record, Luis Patino's going to double A.
1: Breaking news, breaking news. Where's
0: the breaking news music? (laughs)
1: Yeah, congratulations, Luis Patino. He has been absolutely dominant all year. Uh, he's now he's had his little rough innings here or there, yeah. But overall, he's been excellent. And lately, it seems like he found a new gear within the last month or so.
0: Really, sent and we'll talk about this in a minute here. Really, since the futures game. Yeah, I mean he was he went into the futures game doing pretty well. After that, and we're gonna go into it more here in a minute. Just like insanely dominant. So congratulations and well deserved. Absolutely. Uh, the the trio the odd couple are back together again with. With Mackenzie Gore That's right And Luis Patino Dude I can't wait for the picks I just Oh my god you guys And um, It's just God it, It's They're like brothers from
1: Other m- mothers Yes yes,
0: absolutely. It's,
1: it's lefty righty But apparently they're Really <laughs> close friends They help each other out a lot uh, So that, that's great I, I love the camaraderie of that Yeah you know, A couple of years ago It was Logan Allen and Jacob Nix That were coming yeah. up And they were kind of They were buddies And it was neat seeing their interplay Yeah But now we've got two guys that are just—I mean—top shelf talent, also really good human beings. Yeah, and they're—they're—they're performing great.
0: Well, you know that's really funny, and I don't want to go too. We have so much to talk about (laughs) that they're—they're still after Tatis, after Nix, after Lucchese, after Lauer, after um, you know Chris Paddock. All these guys move up. We're still the number one rated uh, minor league system. Yeah, and we still have. Tons of guys coming up.
1: Oh, yeah. The addition of Taylor Trammell helped keep them there.
0: Absolutely. So that
1: was MLB Pipeline. Yeah. They reevaluate. And it was funny because right before that, we were talking to Jim Callis. And he's like, yeah, I think they're number two because the Rays are probably going to be number one. And then you add Taylor Trammell in there. Right up to number one.
0: Right. Okay. So we're talking about another. The uh,
1: cream rises to the top. Ah, Dude. And the cream. cream. Like like Macho Man Randy Savage would say.
0: (laughs) Snap into a Slim Jim. (laughs) And what I also like about this uh, is this organization's not afraid to move these guys up? Like, to, to like, be aggressive with them? You see a lot of that development in the major leagues right now. I mean, Tatis has just been in fuego, on fire, but there's some defensive stuff that really needs to settle down as well.
1: Okay, well, he's got time to work on that.
0: Oh, God, yeah. So and
1: you it- bring Morihona, bring Baez up, give them yeah. a taste, see what they yeah. can do. Yeah. If they struggle, okay,
0: send them down to Double A, let them work on something, right. and bring it back up when they're ready. Absolutely, and when it matters, which is going to be next year, no longer kicking the football down, the can down the road to next year. So that's what's happening right now with, with those guys coming up. And oh, yeah. They've been quenched by fire now. Yeah. And they've quenched our prospect fire. But it so continues. So speaking
1: of, of, of early call-ups – CJ Abrams is heading to Fort Wayne. Uh, he actually just played in his first game, I think, yesterday. He did. Um, he's got just about a month left in the season after going 0 for 4 in his debut. He's got two hits today with a ground rule double, and then he stole third base and scored on an opposite field single by Tucupita Marcano.
0: Yes, that happened just before I got over here too. I was like, "Yeah, we'll watch the TinCaps game." Um, the ball—I didn't see the single, but then the ball he hit was first pitch, and it just crack and just smoked it, bounced right over the fence. It's sweet. The hit. Yeah. Uh, that swing is pretty. It is. Uh, that bat speed is for real.
1: Yes, and so and, is the
0: foot speed. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. He. I think his first single was an infield single that he just. He just. He beat it out.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yesterday there was one that he almost beat out.
0: Uh, right, a hard shot to the third, uh, second bar. Sorry, shortstop. Yeah. Ah.
1: All right. So there have been a lot of awards handed out lately to guys within the organization. <laughs> So you've got Joey Cantillo here named Midwest League Pitcher of the Week for a third time. Third third time in seven weeks. Yeah. They might as well just name it the Joey Cantillo. It really should Midwest be. League Pitcher <laughs> of the Week. Um, so this is the first this is the first time for a Tin Caps player that a player has won three times in one season. Yeah. That's fantastic. Congratulations, Joey. A little podcast mojo.
0: Absolutely. And it's the first time that it's happened uh since 2007 i can't remember the player i remember seeing a tweet it's like the first time it's happened in over 10 years you
1: mean for any team or just
0: yeah. for the 10 caps for for any team any Midwest for team. any midwest team so um he quoted here i appreciate the recognition cantillo said but it's only possible with the help of my teammates and coaches and i know i need to continue to work work uh, continue working hard to improve i love that i love that he knows he still needs to come, uh, you know, improve. I we I texted him yesterday after uh, after we, that we found out, and I almost wanted to go like, all right, dude, you're doing great here, but the Cali League is rough, so uh-huh. so keep bringing that fire. But I didn't I didn't want to didn't want to ruin the moment. Well, um, the, the
1: Cali League is weird because overall it's a hitters league, but the diamond at Lake Elsinore is a pitcher's park. Yeah. It's kind of a dichotomy for, yeah. uh, for a for a pitcher playing in that league, especially yeah. for the Storm. So he says – you know, he, he obviously speaks of the help that he's getting from his coaches and his players and stuff. He's working on a ton of stuff right now. We, you saw the Lance Brozdowski article about a month ago where he was talking about the the bands and the weight that he's using to work on his lower body. Yeah, the hip thing. Yeah, and there's some mechanical stuff that he's trying to work on. So while he's making adjustments and changes, he's still going out there and dominating. Yeah. And when he went out and pitched six innings and no-hit ball last week – he didn't even have his good stuff,
0: right? <laughs> I watched that game, and the first two or three innings, you see the frustration. He he's not, you know, he wasn't hitting the spots. He walked a couple guys, and you can kind of see that frustration. But much like Dyson lament last night, when in the beginning of the game he just, I'm like, oh my god, he's walking guys. Be able to make those in-game adjustments and be able to refocus and and rechannel those energies and make it, and that's huge as a professional player you need to be able to make those in game adjustments uh, or you're just not going to last long.
1: Well, and that tells me that he's becoming a pitcher. He's yeah. not a thrower. Yeah. He's not somebody that just goes up there and pounds the zone with filthy stuff that they can't hit. He knows how to make those kinds of adjustments and push through, you know, work with the location that he's got that okay, you can't locate the fastball inside. Well, let me find something else that I can do. Yeah. And that uh, that that speaks to him being a pitcher.
0: Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. only won it twice. Wow. Yeah. The Midwest League Pitcher of the Week? No, just Mid-We- Midwest <laughs> League Player. <laughs> Position players pitching. Did you see last but night? Yeah. Yes! 14th inning. Rudy Hiron pitched the 14th inning with Lake Elsinore. Oh, my God. And then. so and like, he I, got the win. He got the win, and they got the walk off. And if you guys saw, I'm sure you guys saw it on Twitter with Lake Elsinore, they tweeted, you know, everyone's running on the field, and you see Patino come out of the dugout with a big old thing of Gatorade. He hits the back into that mound and just spills it. Just <laughs> like he, he just takes the spill. And you hear, I, I don't know who was taking it with Dominic or if it was Matt, but he, he starts laughing, and then he's laughing out of the field, and. Just uh, that was fantastic. That was incredible. I um, love the
1: exuberance of these kids when they're when they're in those moments. Yeah, yeah, and that's
0: what it's about. They're not tainted and, and, by
1: years of of getting sour and they're jaded by all this major league puffing your chest out stuff. No, they're just out there having fun and playing a game. And when they win, and they win together with a group of guys they enjoy, it's you yeah. see this pure exhilaration on their faces.
0: Yeah, it's a new uh, you know, it's really a new day in, in baseball with that. With that celebrations and having yeah. a good time and having fun and just let the kids celebrating base. Let the kids play. Yeah, throw the talcum
1: powder and rip their jerseys off and all that. But let's move on. We got
0: a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah, so yeah, we do. MLB Pipelines Prospect Team of the Week and Cali Pitcher of the Week, right handed pitcher, now new Amarillo Sod Poodle, Luis Patino. We say that name a lot. Dude, it's just, it, yeah, he's on fire. Um, He's Picante. He he threw eight to third innings, three hits. He he was he threw a no hitter into, I want to say six innings. He threw six innings and no hit ball, no walks, nine strikeouts. Yes, that's yes. what I love seeing right there. One of the most electrifying performances of the Syracuse Seven Futures game, Patino has surrendered just one one run in three starts since Wednesday's outing was the longest of his career, and he retired the first fifteen batters and needed nine, just ninety four pitches. To 25 outs, so he was perfect through five. Perfect through five, uh, he's now six and eight with a 2.63 ERA, 105 strikeouts in 82 innings, and he'd be topping the Cali League in ERA, opponent average, and WHIP if he weren't just shy of qualifying. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. He's in Double A now.
1: That's right. Yeah, and that's the, when they when they look back and they hand out these season awards for stuff in the minors. You kind of don't want to win them because that means you were there all year. Right. Right.
0: But, you know, and I think with, with this organization, like McKenzie was in A-ball way too long. But there's a reason, you know, they wanted to get those innings under his belt. There was a reason why that he was in there for so long because we were talking about him going, you know, before the All-Star break. Oh, yeah. And when he didn't go after the All-Star break, we're like, uh, When's he going to go? When's he going to go? Then he went soon after yeah. that. But uh, some
1: guys do need to stay at a level for a whole year. I mean, Luis Rios made that step just about a season at a time. Yeah. So that's yeah. why he would win Rookie of the Year and MVP while being the youngest guy in the league. I think that's what he did in the California League.
0: Yeah, and I, which makes me wonder if, you know, I was talking about this with someone the other day, like in A. so once you get to AAA in the Pacific Coast League, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, just like Chris Paddock, that Mac doesn't start a day in in, in El Paso, or Luis de Patino may not start a day in El Paso, just to kind of keep him away from pitching on the moon.
1: You know, I've I've got a digression there. If you want to take a little sidestep here, we can do that. So um, fan graphs, there were a couple of interesting articles that came out this week about the ball that they're using, particularly in the minors in AAA, yeah. because they use one ball in all the levels up to double A. And then they use a different ball in AAA and Major League Baseball. And as we've said numerous times the ball is just taken off like a rocket in the PCL. It was already a hitter-friendly league, and then you put a ball that's like a golf ball up there, <laughs> and it's just crazy. So um, the Fangraphs article, uh, they show home runs per nine by league, and they compare last year and this year, and you see all the, other, all the lower leagues, there's no real change from last year to this year. Maybe it changes by a point. And then in the PCL, it went from one home run per nine innings to one and a half home runs per nine innings. In the International League, it's gone from, eight-tenths of a home run, 0.8 home runs per nine innings to 1.3 home runs per nine. So they're hitting another half a home run per nine innings, and it's it's crazy. So the quote in here that I thought was interesting, they say, um, Clubs are also responding by handling AAA a bit differently as a developmental level. Some organizations already make limited use of AAA as a proving ground, preferring to use that team as a taxi squad for the big league club and a home for Quad A-type prospects but a few teams seem to be leery of letting their struggling pitchers take too many lumps. This is especially significant for teams with affiliates in the Pacific Coast League, where half of the circuit either plays at altitude, in a bandbox or both. The Mariners, for example, sent st- struggling starters Justice Sheffield and Nabil Crismat back to AA instead of letting them get whacked around in Tacoma, and have promoted a couple of pitchers directly from Arkansas to the big league club this season. Yeah. So that's similar to what the Padres have done. Yeah. The Nationals also regularly shuttle arms from AA to the Majors, though the logistical hurdles of having their A team 3,000 miles away in Fresno has influenced that pattern as well. Still, you can expect this trend to accelerate in future seasons. A National League analyst said that he expects any major shifts in how teams use their AAA affiliates to become more apparent next season. This year, guys got their assignments before we knew something was different with the ball, he explained. It's hard to send a guy back to AA just for that, but next year you might see more arms jump from AA to the Majors.
0: Yeah. I really think that's going to be the case with with most organizations. It certainly wouldn't be surprised if it was for the Padres.
1: So the other article that came out was Baseball America, and they have a similar ra- rate, a similar chart. It's home run rate per game, minors, two thousand five to two thousand nineteen, and with this they sorted it by by league. And so you see these squiggly lines moving across, and the AA, single A, you know, high A, low A, they're all kind of around the same. And then the blue line for A is like do 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 do, Bing! At the end, it shoots way up.
0: It's called a hockey stick. Yeah, it looks and, like a hockey stick. And in investing, you want your stock to do that. It goes from zero to a thousand in like n- in, in in a year.
1: Yeah, but in that's not what you want in product <laughs> development, you though. Because no. it, prospect development doesn't it no. it it's, it doesn't give you a clear idea what you have. No. So the stat that I thought was interesting: there have been four minor league teams who hit two hundred or more home runs in a season this century. This is in. The, in AAA. Okay. That's four out of 2,160 team seasons. So 0.19% of all teams playing in all 18 seasons of the century have hit 200 home runs in a season. This year, 14 of 30 AAA teams are on pace to hit top 200 home runs, or
0: 46.66%. And, and El Paso has like 230 now. They're 220-something. They're it's crazy. It's insane. It is crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so... The ball, there's right. definitely something up with the ball. Major League Baseball won't come out and say what's up with the ball because they own Rawlings, and there's this whole thing.
0: What- well, also, there's talk of now that it's in Triple A that they eventually want to get the ball all the way down to Double A and and at least High A advanced. Um, that was in the original article that well, we read so long ago. You want to at least make it consistent
1: across yeah. the because, I mean, yeah. a, a pitcher, so. I hear that they want rehabbing pitchers to work in AAA because they're using the same ball because yeah. it's the same seams, it's the same tackiness of the leather or lack thereof. Right. So you want your pitchers working with that, but then at the same time, if they go down there and they get shelled because they're a fly ball pitcher and a pop <clears throat> fly goes ten rows deep, I, that doesn't work well for their for their ego.
0: It, it doesn't, but it also speaks to the organizations. They, you know, they just want them to get the pitches over the plate. They just want them to work on. Just getting it done, particularly the rehabbing guys. You're not looking for performers per se. You're looking for them just to get innings under their belt, mm-hmm. kind of get back in the swing of things. If they're hitting the ball, at least they're throwing strikes. Yeah, so throw the results out the window. So really, I think that's going to be the case. They're just going to throw the results out the window. Because if you want to have results, I mean, look at Ty France. And, and we're going way out on a limb here, yeah, but, but he's how just can,
1: insane. Yeah, but you can't look at what Ty France is doing and have any bearing on what it's going to do, how it's going to translate to a major league Right. And he showed, he proved himself to be a decent hitter in his time up. And I think next time he comes up, he's going to be a very good hitter. Yeah, some team is going to pick him up. And mark my words, right now he's going to be the next Max Muncy.
0: Somebody's yeah, going to so. pick
1: him up, and he's going to be a utility infielder that just mashes.
0: He doesn't look like a mouse, Muncy dude. Looks like a mouse.
1: <laughs> he's he's this. Well, maybe not in the face, but he's they're the same build. <laughs> yeah. They both are first base, third base kind of growing mm. up. Uh, Max Muncy didn't start playing second base until the Ori- the uh, the A's called him up. He okay. never played second base in the minors. Then they called him up and said, hey, we need somebody to play second base in the left field. Uh, okay. Here, toss me a glove and I'll go do it. And I, Ty France has that same kind of attitude. Yeah. So somebody's going to pick him up. I'm afraid that they're going to wind up trading him in the offseason because there really isn't a role for him in San Diego, but he's a player with
0: value and promise. Absolutely. So how do you trade guys in AAA that, you know, that aren't your 4A players? Is someone like Ty France that hasn't, you know he got a little cup of coffee but you know there's like well he's hitting 400 in triple a like there's the value has been almost decreased by them doing so well almost you, you know what i mean how do you so you just continue to trade guys from double a or or high a that they haven't hit that you know they haven't really advanced in their development yet it, it's it's totally different. It's weird. Major League Baseball doesn't have to figure that out, but we need to move on. Yes. Because we still have more hardware to give away. Yes, we do. And that goes to Owen Miller, who was named Texas Player of the Week. Miller, 22, who is ranked the Padres' number 13th prospect, was 9 for 21 for Amarillo last week with four doubles, a triple, two homers, seven RBIs, and seven run scores. He hit 429. In Amarillo in Double A, so we know that Amarillo once again is a very hitter-friendly park. But another, you know, another player that we love a lot about that's doing well.
1: All right, so then up in the Northwest League, at rookie level ball, Dan Dallas and Ronaldo Ilaraza were named to the All Star game. Yeah, and uh, they they played the game yesterday. Yeah. I saw Dan Dallas pitch a clean inning. I think he got two strikeouts. Okay, no hits, no walks. So good for Dan. I didn't see what Reynaldo did in the game, but Reynaldo's having a really good year. Yeah, He's a he's a shortstop. He's got all the the, uh, the motions at shortstop and second base. He looks really good in the field. He just hasn't hit. This year, he's finally hitting, and he's drawing a ton of walks.
0: Absolutely. And uh, well, last yesterday I saw on Instagram, that uh, he, he was live streaming on Instagram the home run derby. Oh, was he? Yeah, then I'm like, okay, I'm trying to find the game because I wanted to watch the game. And they didn't have the game. Uh, it was in Boise. I don't think Boise has a broadcast, so it oh, wasn't televised.
1: Come on, minor league baseball, get it together, right? I, I I get that it's rookie ball, but still, I put a camera, put a webcam yeah. up there, right. you know, put a GoPro up and hook it up.
0: Although <laughs> Las Vegas, where it's just one camera that that spans the whole field,
1: that's better than nothing.
0: Right. <laughs> hey, so moving on. Hey, Austin Hartsfield of um, the EVT. Uh, interviewed Taylor Trammell, and there's he has a larger, longer, extended, more in-depth interview with him that I want to talk about next week. But this quick, short one was uh, was really cool, and I really liked it. So here it goes. Uh, Evt, how do you uh, approach hitting? What about in part? What about in a park like Hodgetown? If you look at any hitter when they're good, they're hitting the ball the other way, not just pulling balls, pulling balls, pulling balls. You have to think the other way, use the field. I think this is going to help me the rest of the year because I can consistently think left center. That's going to be good for my swing. Not trying to do too much because the ball is going to go out if you hit it well in a park like this.
1: Now, he's a guy that's had raw power, and they're wondering when he's going to tap into it. So that kind of thought right there, um, raw power tells me that in batting practice, he can stand there and pull the ball and yank it up to to the, the, the light tower. Yeah. But when they start
0: learning how to use their lower body and go the other way, that's when they start to tap into it. Exactly. Like we talked with Jason Panini last week where he hasn't figured it out yet, but that's what developing is all about, finding that swing.
1: Yeah, somebody was – I saw a, a rundown. They were trying to compare. It looks like he's already even made some adjustments just since he came into the organization. Like they may have sat him down, showed him some video, showed him some data, and said, look, this is what we see. This is what we think. You could do to become you know to take that next step right right so it looks like he's staying on his back leg just a little bit more um and they they change the position of his hands just a little bit he's not getting his hip way out in front when he's swinging he's kind of staying on his back leg so he's not getting stuck out front so you're hitting
0: behind the ball they call that hitting behind the ball yeah excellent i uh and that's great to see an adjustment so quick so moving on the i know this isn't your first run with buddy reed how does it feel to have a familiar face on a brand new team It feels good, man. I know Buddy, of course. I was with him at the Futures game last year. played against him in the Fall League. It's really good to be around him. He's just lightning in a burst of energy in the dugout. I met Mackenzie Gore at the Futures game as well. That's another familiar face. Also, I played against Zunica while he was at Fort Wayne too. Be rad. (laughs) Um, What do you do? uh, What do you want the Padres fans to know about you now that you're officially here? I'm here to play, not to mess around or play around. I will contribute to the team. The way I play, I go about my business, everything is like that. They will get someone who will go out and compete every single day. Never give up, never get down on myself, not a quitter. If I'm not getting the job done, then you sure as heck can bet that I'll find a way to get it done in the future. Those pitchers battles, th- those pitcher battles, their tails off. Those pitchers battle their tails off and I'm not going to let their ERA go up. I get upset today because I took a bad hop first uh, first time on the field. I would have been really upset if that run would have scored. I like it. I yeah, like that's it. A good, that's, a good, that's a good mindset. That's the right kind of attitude. Absolutely. And if you guys get a chance, check out the interview that he's just released on the EVT. Uh, I love it because it talks about the trade. Um, we just, we had so much on here that uh, I wanted to kind of like, uh, we'll yeah, say We got to mix it up a little bit. Absolutely. Um, Mad Friars, Marcus Pond made his way over to Emeril the last couple of weeks ago and interviewed Mackenzie Gore. So this interview took place right before his Amarillo debut, which he didn't do too well. So some of this stuff is going to be maybe a little outdated, but I still like a lot of this content. Um, Marcus Pond, in the opposing dugout, what do you think the coaches and players are reading in their scouting report about Mackenzie Gore? They're probably saying the guy throws a lot of strikes. He's going to come at you. So they're going to be ready to hit, and I'm going to need to execute pitches and do enough to win the game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't buy
0: your North Carolina okay, accent. Well, I love his accent, dude. It's just, I hear his voice saying this stuff. Uh, the California League has a reputation as a hitter's league, but you certainly didn't make it seem like one, Mac. There are good hitters there. I just went out there and competed and did everything I could to just win the game, and I think that's why I had success. I wasn't really looking at the stats. It was just going to win the game, and I did a pretty good job of that. That's why the numbers look, look good. Now, at the end of the day, what I have... What I did there in Elsinore doesn't mean anything. New start here. I just got to keep working and try to get better. Yeah,
1: he's becoming pretty good at pumping out the cliches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, well, absolutely. He's getting used to talking to a lot of people and keeping yeah. it really short, keeping it sweet, and being direct. Yeah, he's gotten a lot of media exposure now. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, talk a little bit about your future yeah. games experience. Uh, it was awesome being around a lot of good players and teammates like Patino and Morahone. It was really cool, but now it's time to get back to work. This kid's focused. Uh, Your catcher like Elson or Luis Camposano was having a breakout year offensively. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of catcher he is to throw to? Uh, McKenzie, he's gotten a lot better since last year. We all have, which is cool to see. And he caught me a lot. He's a great player and he's swinging it really well. Being on the same page is huge between a catcher and a pitcher. Knowing what the pitcher wants to do in certain situations is what most what's most important to me as a pitcher so you don't have to do a lot of shaking just being on the same page and just playing hard he's going to block a ball for you and stuff like that
1: and here comes the final quote you want to read that one sure what are some of your goals for the rest of this season mckenzie just keep trying to dominate the day and win games boom he that's been he's been consistent with that that's been his mantra all year
0: you know, and I like that there's a little bit of struggle there in Double A. In AA. And, and like his last outing, he gave up like, two runs, maybe three runs. And but Austin said, Austin Hartsfield said, the pitching line looks a lot worse than he really did. So, so we expect him to go out there and not give up a run anytime. It's Double A. He's 20 years old. He's got he's got top of the shelf stuff. But still, there's going to be sequencing. There's going to be location issues. There's going to be like he's hitting. He's playing against much higher close to major league ready players and of course in his first outing you know he did he played against hunter pence and k'd him oh, that's and, right and the other rehabbing guy for the rangers and made both those professional hitters look like fools <laughs> um but still you you, you want to see you want to see development you want to see things doing well and he's gonna do it now he's got pettino there they're gonna be roommates I wonder if they will. It's gonna be sweet. It's gonna be sweet. <laughs> so that,
1: now that I found out what Fort Wayne does, and I know that they've got the host families in Lake Elsinore, I'm yeah. curious what they have set up in Amarillo. If yeah. they've got a similar kind of thing like they do in Fort Wayne, where they've got a block of apartments that they that they reserve for the guys. Now I'm curious about that. Well, I think
0: that should be added to some of our questions in the future. If we talk to you know um, Tony Inzer, oh yeah, from Amarillo, or if we talk to Sam Levitt in you know in Amarillo. Uh, and and see if that's kind of consistent throughout the ball you know throughout the organization. Because I know I doubt they have that in Lake Elsinore. California is really expensive. Oh, it is.
1: Yeah, that's why they've got the the host families. They've got such a such a solid group of people supporting that. All right. So on to the affiliate rundown.
0: Thank you. And for don't give me stints for not giving me stink eye for the uh,
1: the notification. Hopefully that didn't show up on the recording. I'll just it, it just blew out my ears. That's it all. Did. All right, so starting with El Paso, uh, our single here. Last Thursday, Jason Vossler completed the third cycle in Chihuahua's history. Vossler singled in the first, doubled in the third, tripled in the sixth, and completed the feat with a home run in the seventh. I believe that's what they call a natural cycle. A natural cycle. The 25-year-old acquired for Rowan Wick last winter has hit well this year for El Paso while bouncing all around the infield defensively. Overall, he has a nice 112 WRC plus in 297 plate appearances. In the same game, Ty France also had five hits, including two homers, and scored five runs. France's 12.8% K rate is the 10th lowest for players who have amassed 150 plate appearances in the PCL. His 192 weighted runs created plus is tied for the lead league. He might hit 400 this year. He might, and he
0: hit two two-run home runs in that game.
1: Yeah, so how's Jason Vossler supposed to feel? Hey, I hit for the cycle. Yeah, yeah but I hit two dingers. Yeah, I you hit know. two
0: two-run shots, bro. <laughs> um... It's just insane, and that was last Thursday. And since then, Ty has not stopped hitting. Oh, he's not he's, oh my god, he's on a tear. It's Ab- ridiculous. Absolutely. So the double in the trade deadline, we acquired Carl Edwards Jr., who I've been a big fan of. Um, and he made his organizational debut and pitched a scoreless frame with a pair of strikeouts. This is last Friday. Uh, he was acquired on a July thirty-first exchange for Brad Week.
1: Yeah, I, I like that trade.
0: I love that trade.
1: So w- w- now, what do you think about Brad? Brad Week.
0: Well, he didn't do really well in his audition here in in San Diego. He
1: didn't, but he's still young, yeah. And he's got that big fastball and a and a, a, a slider that he's working on. I, I think he is a good project for a team that that has the time to be able to let him let him work. Right. But those forty man roster spots on the Padres are becoming very very valuable. Yeah. And especially next year if they if contention is really a a, a focus. You need guys like Carl Edwards. Now, Carl Edwards is also a project because he's been not very good this year, and no, he wasn't very good last
0: year. But he has been good in the past. Yes. So maybe it's a mechanical thing. Maybe it's uh, – we don't know what it change is. Change the scenery, just, you know, get your mind s- straight. And I think that could really help for both players. It's yeah. just a change the scenery, change the organization, maybe change the philosophies or, or, you know, another look, another fresh pair of eyes on what you're doing and how you're pitching. I think of
1: him being fairly young, but he's got experience. Yeah. And so now he's a guy that can come in and, and anchor the bullpen a little bit, give him a little bit of that veteran because you've got you've got Craig Stammon and Kirby Yates and a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. Stammon's probably not coming back next year. So you need somebody there to kind of stabilize things and give you know, bring maturity. Yeah. And some crazy dance moves. Uh, right. And he's got the moves. <laughs> I love that when they they hit a home run in the Cubs and then you see the bullpen all go crazy with their crazy dance moves. I I love that.
0: Yeah, well, and and there's the camera in there and you see them like they do all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And they always have it on Twitter where both bullpens, I think, either can see each other or like you'll see the Cubs will do some kind of crazy things. Then the other team will like do some kind of crazy things. I don't know if they can see each other or if they're just kind of being fun and it's become a bit.
1: It has, Yeah, it has become a bit. But the, the bummer is that you can't see the bullpen yeah, in no, Chicago. It's all, it's, it's all underneath the bleachers, and so it's hidden from view unless you're watching it on TV and they show the, the feed. But anyway, yeah. Carl Edwards, he's got personality. He's yeah. got talent. Uh, I think he's a good addition. I've, I I I did think that Brad Wick is going to turn into somebody good, yeah. but maybe the opportunity just wasn't here for the Padres, and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good trade.
0: And one uh, what, what of the comps I like with Carl Edwards Jr. is a young Henry Henry. Um, tall, lanky, throws hard, and hopefully that Henry Henry can grow to be a similar type pitcher as I Carl can see Edwards. see that. He's, He's way taller, taller than Carl success. Edwards. Yeah. And he also has good dance moves and he has a great personality as oh, well. Oh, he does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Moving on to Amarillo. So Friday, Mackenzie Gore struggled a bit Friday, and we talked about this a second ago, and took his first double-A loss. Gore walked a career-high four batters, but still pitched into the sixth. Only allowed three runs. The 20-year-old hasn't been sharp in his two-starts He's made at Hodgetown since being promoted, with a lack of fastball command being the main culprit. Gore has a 4.5 ERA and 20 strikeouts in 20 innings with Amarillo. Austin said he felt MAG better than the stat line showed. And so that's and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- for the double.
1: So the, last year, he didn't have his stuff because of the blister thing, yeah. and that hampered him all year. This year, there's no physical limitation. It's just finding the consistency and and the performance, you and know, being able to execute.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's also getting late in the season, and he's never That's thrown true. this hard. That's a good point. Or this long, and yeah. so there I could be some l- fatigue going on there. Absolutely, and which is fine. Absolutely, yeah. That, let let it let it come. Let him struggle. Let along, and the organization will keep an eye on how many pitches he throws. I wonder if um you know bringing Luis up maybe in a few weeks or so that they'll shut him down or maybe try to stretch out his starts and let Luis maybe take a couple of those starts and kind of lessen the workload with him because he's shown that he's is dominant stuff and it's there. Yeah,
1: but Luis Patino is also... He he didn't throw a ton of innings last year either. Exactly. So both of those guys... So let's see, last year, uh, Mackenzie Gore only pitched 60 innings. Yeah. So far this year, he is at 99 and a third innings. Yeah. So he's, he's already... A third above where he was last year, yeah. more than a third.
0: Do you get Luis Patino numbers by chance?
1: Oh, I can pull them up. Let's let's get some hold music.
0: So do, 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 do. Well, so to go back to Luis Patino, same thing with. with it's getting late in the season, and these guys are going to be. They're going to want to protect those guys, but they're also going to want to see how well they do in Double A. Go ahead. So
1: last year, Luis Patino pitched eighty three in the third innings. Right now, he's at eighty seven. Okay. So he's probably got until 130 140 innings well I, I maybe that's a little aggressive but he's gonna get up above like
0: 120 at least right which and those two numbers look at that side by side where Luis is where he was last year with another six starts five starts we got about a month left in the league okay about, yeah. we got it's at the end of uh, August uh, with Mac kind of like kind of end of like or getting to those times where like all right. Maybe one more, maybe two more starts, maybe three. Maybe. And um, that just, they, they want to be careful.
1: Yeah, you want to be cautious, but at the same time, let the guy's body tell you. Yeah. I mean, yesterday they let the Nelson Lamette throw over 100 pitches, and he hadn't done more than, I think, 88 in a in a start. Yeah. But he was looking good. He was feeling good. I'm sure they're talking to him. And, like, and hopefully the guys are being honest about, you know, I still feel good, not just the ego speaking, Now let me back out there.
0: Right, we got Padres no-hitter on standby here waiting for you to give up a hit. Um, Do you want to, what do you want to do there? (laughs) That was fantastic last night. And I just love how many times this year we have got that notification on our phone. It's after the sixth inning. MLB goes, no-hitter alert. And if you look at the at-bat app, you see a little red no-hitter on there. And it's happened so many times. It's happened like three times this year, I think. Yeah, I I feel like I haven't seen it at all the last few years. At all. And it's happened three times this year, yet the inconsistency of the pitching has been kind of our flaw with the bullpen, with some of the starting pitching. Well, yeah, we know that these guys don't have the stamina to go
1: all the way through the game, or at least they're not going to let them go out there and throw 120, 130 pitches. Yeah. So I'm fine with a combined no-hitter whenever that day comes. I'll take it any way I can get
0: it. Absolutely. And to go back to, like, Danielson was not pitching well, and made those balls that came out and said, "Pitch better." Okay. <laughs> I wonder what he
1: says because he doesn't say much. <laughs> he walks out there and says like three words, and then turns around and walks right. away. And <laughs> then, and then the guy starts throwing.
0: It turns right, it around. Starts hitting his spots. I don't know what it is. So moving on to double, Buddy Reed had a strong July, hitting two eighty, three eighteen, and five twenty. Despite the good numbers in July, Reed has struck out the third in his plate appearances. I think having um, Trammell could help him there in the lineup, perhaps, maybe. Uh, I, I,
1: I don't know. I mean, he's striking out so much that they're just attacking yeah. him. Yeah. So they're not going to start pitching around Trammell to go after. They're already attacking him.
0: Yeah. Okay, moving on to the triple. Edward Oliveras, Owen Miller, and Luis Torrens combined for six of Amarillo's 10 hits on the night. Um, uh, Oliveras' 23, was acquired from the Toronto Blue Jays from the Ever Solarte, who is playing for the Giants now in Japan. Uh, had a slash line of 298, 363, 498, and a WCR plus of 135. Since the Texas League All Star break, he has slashed a line of 344, 394, and 550. is another guy that we can probably plug into the outfield, maybe 20, maybe 21, as a fourth outfielder. Yeah, but I. So if you've got righties, so I, I'm
1: assuming that Margot, Myers, and Renfro aren't going anywhere. I, there's always a chance that they can, but there's right. your three starting outfielders. They're all right-handed. Uh, Josh Naylor, lefty. You got Jankowski. To me, Jankowski is a great fourth outfielder because he's got the <clears> speed, <throat> the defense. He can hit lefties okay. He can drop a bunt down, but he's kind of the utility kind of guy. Right, right. I mean, Defensive replacement. Yeah. On-base guy, perhaps. But you don't necessarily put a, a, a rookie right-handed hitter in there as your fourth outfielder. No. I, I don't see that
0: okay well maybe I, he's a trade bait
1: then. i yeah i i fear that guys like him Naylor, ty france I, these guys are on the 40 man roster and there isn't really a clear defined role for them moving forward yeah so I, I can definitely see them being moved this off season which is it, it it's it kind of sucks to say because i like these guys yeah i want to see them do well for us yeah but you know I want them to have good, fruitful, long major league careers. And if it's with somebody else, that's okay. As long as it's not the Giants or the Dodgers. They're not coming <laughs> back here, <laughs> putting it on <in> our face <laughs> like freaking Jed Jerko.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anywhere in the National League, just trade in the American League. That's fine. And, and that's kind of the mindset I think we have to start having. And this is what I was kind of telling Liddy a while back and the boys in the 5.5 were talking about, was like we have to start having that. Because we, we do. We fall in love with the lovable guy, even if he doesn't hit. We mm-hmm. love them. Oh, yeah. And Alexia been, Marista. Oh, my God. The ninja. Um, And, and before that, just these guys that, that, you know, they're clubhouse guys and they're, you know, fan favorites. But we have to start thinking about a, a championship team.
1: Yeah, there isn't room on a roster for and those there guys.
0: There's only room on the roster for one of those guys. And I think it's Austin Hedges.
1: <laughs> yeah, but. Oh, I just dropped a bomb. Yeah, no, but Austin Hedges brings so much value with the glove. Absolutely. That it overvalues. It outweighs the the black hole in the lineup. Absolutely. And it it does suck. And you see it happen every game where you say, okay, we got runners on second and third. Who's up? Oh, it's Austin
0: Hedges. He's going to pop out to the right side of the infield. That's fine. But in the seventh inning of game five, he throws one one in the dirt. He blocks it. Yes. You see it in in the postseason all the time. Yes. uh, A subpar defensive catcher. And it's usually maybe one play in a whole series, maybe a couple. What happened to Yosemite Grandal? Oh yeah How many runs did he allow Oh yeah That was awful And uh, you know And he's the framing pitch Framing guy
1: Yeah but framing Framing is only one component Of a catcher's job Yeah And at some point Down the road Framing is going to go away Once they start instituting The technology But blocking pitches In the dirt Is always going to be important Yeah And he is so good at that Controlling the run Uh, Did you Going off the track Off the track Did you see him Talking to Who was he I, I think it was Joey Lucchese there was a shot of him talking to Lucchese in the dugout and he had his hand on Lucchese's shoulder and he was, he was lecturing him. Ooh, that,
0: was a couple that was last week,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, because Lucchese just started. I think it was Lucchese's yeah. last start. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was like reading in the riot act and you could see the look of confidence on Hedge's face. He wasn't talking down to him, but whatever Joey had, he didn't have it. Right. And he came back out after that and something was better. The command was a little bit better. and so, But to be able to do that, I don't know if Mejia has the
0: – the I, whatever it takes right. to be able to do that. Well, a catcher can see – a really good catcher can know if he's on – You know, the mechanics are off a little bit. And that's what I think a lot of pitching coaches do. They're like, okay, hey, you're, you're leaning forward or you're behind the ball or you're mm-hmm. whatever, whatever.
1: Um, yeah, but that didn't look like mechanics to me. It looked like between the ears. Huh? Like there's something you need to get screwed on in there. Get that screwed up tight so that we can go out there and win this game. And he did. So I, I'd like to think that Mejia can become something along those lines down the road, but I will have hedges on my team, even if he only catches 20% of the games, because you need that. You need somebody on your team that can set somebody straight. Right. right. Pull them aside, set them, you know. And the other side
0: of that, we need that bat from from uh, yeah. from, Hedge, uh, from Mejia sorry, uh, in the lineup. So sub him out. I'm fine oh, with yeah. that. Moving on to Lake Elsinore, happy birthday, to friend of the podcast jackson wins happy birthday last Monday, turned 21 all right <sighs> oh man nah, to, be to be young be again <laughs> to be 21 again actually I was a mess at 21 um, <laughs> weren't we all but we were <laughs> particularly myself was a really bad thing um uh anyways moving on that was kind of i don't know whatever uh Estruy ruiz lost at a fly ball to medium left for a game-winning sack fly in 10 innings Gabriel Arias hit homers in back-to-back games for the first time in his career, putting an exclamation point on his best best month as a pro. God, I'm going to get beat up for that best thing. Arias now has four homers this month, 19 RBIs, and have OPS hovering near 1,000. That'd be impressive for anyone, let alone a 19-year-old plus defensive shortstop. Manager Tony Tarasco, Arias has been seeing the ball really well lately. We have really been working with Gabe about being more selectively aggressive. Find the pitch you want, square up, and put a good hard swing on it. This month, we finally see the results of his hard work. That came from uh, Mad Friars. I think Kevin uh, Kevin Charity was up there a couple weeks ago, or last week. Um, Osvaldo Hernandez consistently missed with location on his off-speed stuff, a sign of the pitcher still shaking off the rust after spending most of 2019 on the I.L. He's looking better. Every time out, said Tarasco, he's ready to go five or six innings, but knows the goal is to keep himself healthy for the rest of the year. Sorry,
1: I'm over here clicking away. I'm, click I'm away. I'm trying to pull up uh, Gabriel Arias' strikeout uh, chart on Miner's graphs here um, to see how he's been doing, because I know he's been striking out a lot less recently. So I would like to think that this would support. Hey, there we go. Look at that. Look at that declining trend line. Yes. So this is a 30 game rolling average. And it looks like in the middle of June, he was up above, well above 30% strikeout rate. And now he's gotten that all the way down below
0: 20%. That investing is called the head and shoulders because those are the shoulders. Oh, so you do you? You don't want to see your stock do that, which is now declining. <laughs> but you want to see that when it comes to strikeouts.
1: Do you want to be my financial advisor? You seem I, to know a lot about finance.
0: I know a little bit. I don't, I don't know why I'm on it, but I just I see graphs, and that's how I choose my yeah overall performance. Okay. Uh, moving under double. So Wednesday, Luis Pena turned in the organization's best pitching performance of the year. The whole organization. The whole organization. Yeah. Perfect through five, he struck out eight, allowed just three hits over eight and a third shutout innings. Constantly pitching ahead in the count and making the Giants hitters swing early and often, Petunia started to lose his command a bit in the eighth, but still finished throwing only 22 balls on the night. This was the first start all year without allowing a walk and tied his career high with nine strikeouts. Petunia will finish July with a 1.19 ERA, 0.71 whip, a 152 batting average against, and 11.5K to 9. The top two prospects in the Giants system were over six against him after 94 pitches.
1: So those same top two Giants prospects were coming up next. Yeah, Heliot Ramos and I can't remember the other guy's name. They were the next two guys up. And they brought in Javier Guerra to face them, and he got them both out to close the game. Yes. Yeah. Another so,
0: guy who's on the 40-man. Yes. And wouldn't be surprised if we saw him come up uh, in September, perhaps.
1: Oh, I think he's going to be up. He might be up sooner than that. I think yeah. he's going to be up this month.
0: Yeah. I, I really think this last month of the season is going to be for the Major League Club. It's going to be, okay, let's let's see what, what works.
1: I think he's having a put-up-or-shut-up yeah. kind of a season. like they. I hope they sat him down and said, look, we need you to do something or we can't keep you. Right. But then if he proves himself to be a valuable reliever, they've got six years of team control with the guy. So it's kind of like found money almost. Exactly. Because at the start of this season, I wouldn't have been surprised if they just released him.
0: It was looking that way. It was looking really bad. Yeah. You can play shortstop all you want, but if you are hitting buck five.
1: Yeah. I don't care how much raw power you've got. Yeah. Because last year he was posting that ISO that... He, he was showing the isolated power, but he was still striking out 40% of the time. That just isn't going to play anywhere.
0: But now you throw 98 with a developing slider. Yeah. We'll find room for you.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 So I think a few more appearances, and then we might see him, you know, they might give him a tryout. You know, see how you handle the big league environment. Do you toss your cookies, or do you Right. Do you take the job and, and show some ability?
0: Right. And he doesn't have to go up and absolutely dominate. Just go up there and show a little bit of promise. Uh-huh. And I think it, it, it warrants a major league invite to spring training probably well, no he's, he's on the 40 man so right. he, no, yeah. No, no, yeah it's Sorry. it's a
1: matter of him getting designated for assignment yeah. or non-tendered at, at the end of the season all right so anyway continuing uh for the triple thursday xavier edwards had two singles and drove in a pair of runs in the storm victory and has four consecutive multi-hit games edwards 19 is striking out in just 12.7 percent of his plate appearances with the storm up slightly from what he produced in fort wayne in 21 games with the Storm, Edwards is hitting 360, 400, 382. So he's picking up right where he left off right he in left off. Fort Wayne. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That speed is is working
1: well, and it's also the back control. Yeah, that he can square he can square up any pitch. <clears throat> he's got the he's got a real short, direct, compact stroke. That he's all he wants to do is put the barrel on the ball.
0: Yeah, well, and you, and you don't want to scout the stat line there, but you want to see a kid so young doing so well in you know considered a hitter's league, but in a pitcher's league as well. Oh, yeah. Because he's super young. He is super young. So,
1: yeah, you want to see him on the fast track. At some point, he might stall. Maybe he makes it up to double right. A and there, right. you know, some weakness gets exposed and he hangs out there for a year. So be it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he started last next year in Lake Elsinore and stayed there for a good portion of the year.
1: Well, he's still so young. He's yeah. 20.
0: Yeah. Uh, the home run, Caleb Basley has given up two earned runs or less in five of his last six starts. Last night he pitched seven innings, five hits. One run, 4Ks, the 33rd round pick out of Wisconsin lacrosse in 2017, has 91 strikeouts against only 16 walks and 88 and two thirds an inning. Now that he's worked enough innings to qualify, his 3.35 ERA is good enough for a fifth on the circuit. I'm a big Caleb Basley fan. If you see this guy, you're like, that's a major league pitcher. Like, he's going to be a major league pitcher. He yeah. has that, he has the body, he has the makeup, and obviously he has the stuff. To to become a major league pitcher, you just you look at him and like yeah, it's a pitcher. Okay. Same thing with with Jordan Guerrero. You're like that guy's gonna be. A, <laughs> he he looks like you know you see some of these guys in like Elsinore, and, and God love him, but you're like man, he's thin. He's throwing BBs, but he's small. You can't you can't project the body. You see some of the you see Caleb, you see Jordan, you see yeah, well pre- Jordan's like what six foot five. He's like three hundred pounds, and he's sweet as hell. I mean, you you heard the interview. He's really nice guy.
1: Super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, you look at his his height and his weight, and you think that he's going to be out there built like Bartolo Colon, but no, he's like I mean, he's shaped like a triangle. Right. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got a- shoulders like I mean, as big as my couch. Yeah. He's yeah. a
0: large man. Absolutely. So on that same game, uh, rehabbing Jose Castillo has his third straight dominant outing, striking out the side in order. The rehabbing lefty has eight strikeouts and three perfect innings of work. I believe he pitched last night or the night before. Yeah, I heard somebody again. say that they're thinking maybe a couple more appearances and he'll be up. Wouldn't be surprised. It's nice to see some of these guys getting the rehab working. Jacob Nix, I think I saw a tweet before I got here. Yeah, did,
1: he's pitching in the AZL. Did
0: well again. I, he's in like Elsinore. Is he? Jacob Nix? He, yeah, he's in like Elsinore. No kidding he started the game tonight. Tonight. Luis Petino pitched last night. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. I was supposed to go to the game tonight, but we're recording. Um I almost went to the game yesterday. Uh, I think Josh Stein, the assistant GM, was in Lake Elsinore last night checking out Luis. Okay. Hey, Luis? Fu-
1: fun fact: I played on the high school golf team with Josh Stein. Really? Yeah. Really? That's La Jolla that's, High School. He graduated in '96. He was a year ahead of me. Who knew? I don't think he would. I don't think he would know who I was. Right. Because he was like he was at the front end of the golf team, and I was one of the stragglers at the back end. So we never got paired up together or anything, but. There's a picture somewhere,
0: well, and it's not like like in a baseball team. Like you guys are always together. The golf team is like, yeah, I. I, I it's not so much a team sport.
1: Not so much, yeah. Not it's so much. Well, it's an individual sport. Yeah. You just are a group of guys. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And plus, La Jolla High is incredibly cl- clicky. Yeah. And I just I didn't run in the same circle yeah. with him, but that's fine. That's okay. That that's that's my 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 close brush
0: with. Padres front office moving on to Fort Wayne and the, uh, the Ty France award of the year goes to, <laughs> Oh yeah. Duane Williams Sutton.
1: He has, he was hit twice and now has the 10 caps record at 24 hit by pitches. Oh, he was hit tonight for number 20. T- <laughs> it's crazy. I was looking at the league stats and I, I think the bottom team in the league has been hit by a pitch like, like 68 times, but I don't think anybody else has been hit more than 15 times. No. And he's up here at 25. No. He's a big <laughs> dude. He wears a big old thing on his elbow. He stands right on top of the plate, so I can see why he gets hit so much. And he doesn't do a whole lot to get out of the way, which, until they start calling it, then take it.
0: Right. And tonight, when he got hit, uh, they're playing the Dragons. He had his elbow He had his elbow up, and it hit kind of the wrist, forearm area. And the umpire said, like, he swung at the ball like it was a foul ball. Oh, okay. And then uh, Anthony Contreras came out and said, what the—, what the Can you please ask? You know, hey, blah, blah, blah. blah. Can you please ask? So he goes and asks the the infield umpire, and he goes, Yeah, he hit him. And then the Dayton Dragons coach comes out and starts getting his money's worth, like, What the? Oh, yeah. He was was yelling at him for a pretty good amount of time. Well, you
1: never see the field umpire overrule the home plate umpire on a hit by a pitch.
0: That's really unusual. And he did. Huh. It was really interesting, and the Dayton Dragons coach made him have it, let him have it. Oh, yeah. Um, Some of the things, real quick on the umpire things, a couple times I've seen in major leagues this past week or so that some of the umpires have been getting a little bit of flack from players uh, and from coaches and kind of letting it go. Who are they seeing? The umpires have been? Yeah, they've been kind of letting it go. And, uh, guys, I can't remember. This last week I saw it twice where – a coach was in his face, yeah, yelling at him, and he was just stone faced and just let him say his piece. And it, about a minute and a half of yelling, and then just moved on. All right, are you done? I'm do-
1: can we can we can, can we go on with the game now?
0: Right, I'm not going to throw you out.
1: Well, I wonder. <laughs> okay, so this whole Major League umpire, the the ump show thing, right. has has become a thing on social media. TV folks like to talk about it. So now there's a lot more visibility on what the umpires are doing and how they inject their personality into it or how they might have a short fuse and they overreact. And so when I see things like, I mean, there was one where A.J. Hinch got ejected and the umpire kept looking into the dugout, kept looking over at the dugout in between pitches. And A.J. Hinch is sitting there going, you need to look out on the field because there's nothing to see here. The, yeah. you, your job is out there, not in here.
0: Yeah.
1: And but by turning his head, he was drawing the attention. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I no. don't think that an umpire should be doing that. No, he can hear it just fine. If you hear something that you disagree with and you want to toss a player, I get it, but you don't turn your head and make it apparent to everybody watching that you're paying attention to the
0: dugout and you're almost looking, waiting for something to be said for you to really get yeah. back into it. Yeah, you're goading them on. Yeah, I and mean, that's with the that's, look, and that's just looking over is a goat. Is a what's we're looking for. You're antagonizing. You're egging the, the them coaches. on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it's just like the, the batter. If you, you see the guy and they've got their head down, they're looking at the dirt and they're saying stuff. And you know they're talking to the umpire. The umpire will let that go. It's As soon as they turn their shoulders and they face the umpire, then that's where they just cross the line. That yeah. You're not supposed to address the umpire like that. Yeah. And it, now you're showing up the umpire. I hope So hopefully the umpires union has communicated some things down to their – people that these are how we want you to conduct yourselves so that this becomes less of a problem
0: right and and i think i saw some of that this last week with a couple of the empires just stone-faced then it happen. okay let's move on i hope that i hope that's what happened so moving on to fort wayne <laughs> uh, the single wednesday uh right-handed pitcher mason fox was promoted to fort wayne and struck out two in a perfect inning for the 10 caps the 2018 draft pick has allowed Two runs in 20 innings this, far, uh, this year so far, striking out 34. The double Saturday took a Peter Marcano had four hits. The 19-year-old left-hander is hitting 290, 339, and 363. Marcano leads the team with 32 multi-hit games this season. He can play second, third, and short, and has struck out just 9.7. That's a sweet number. 9.7 of his plate appearances, and he's played a full season. So he All he does plus. is
1: put the ball in play. Yeah. All he does is put it in play.
0: Absolutely, and so, he's quick
1: enough to put it on the ground and get to first base. Yeah. He's he's got some of the instinct. I mean, I'm not going to say he's Tatis level, but he's got some of that instinct about taking an extra base or, you know, the athleticism to be able to make a, a slide and get around a tag.
0: When you talk you talk about the um, the kind of the air the the way he carries himself. Yes. Like he knows he's going to be a major league ball player. Yes. Like he carries that confidence yeah not cockiness that confidence that air about him like he's he's going about his business yeah he's going to be there someday
1: yeah Blake Hunt told us that that directly right there that that he believes that he's a major league player
0: yeah and he will be a major league player so the triple yeah hey, I, I wrote this down because this was really huge uh the TinCaps take a no hitter into the ninth inning and I watched this game before nine hole batter Daniel Reyes landed a clean signal on the left for the only hit of the day Joey Cantillo issued 3 walks through the first 2 frames but then settled in and we retired the final 13 batters he faced. He struck out 7 while dropping his season ERA to 1.93. And that was the game where he said he didn't have his stuff. Yeah. yeah. Everybody said it was
1: clear that he did not have his good stuff.
0: And he says it, I wanted to put it on the on this episode, the interview after the game where it's like he didn't I didn't have my best stuff and it was like a 2-minute interview, but I had to set it against it. He's so humble. He wants to work hard. He knows that there's improvement to be made. And we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. It's, it's just, he's just, God, you love seeing that from players. You know, you hear a lot of that, but to see him back a lot of that talk up with work is is huge. But going on, so that paces the Midwest League in both categories. ERA and his whip at 0.8, uh, .87 is also the best mark on the circuit. Sam Kidding, who has hit, been hit hard in his last four starts, came on and worked a perfect seventh inning before giving away to Jose Cazada. The Texas Tech product hit a batter to open the eighth, then struck out the side but put himself in position to close out what would have been the franchise's third no-hitter. After the single, he made quick work of the rest of the outing, striking out two and getting an assist from Blake Hunt, who threw out Reyes as he tried to take second. Baka, baka. Cazada, who barely scraped his uh, <laughs> barely scrapes his listed 5.9 height has struck out 29% of the batter he's faced this year.
1: He's going to be good. Yeah. He's undersized, but he's got – I mean, he he knows how to pitch. He knows his arsenal. He knows how to command the ball. So Sam Keating, I thought I'd look it up. And I'm not trying to bag on Sam Keating, but it's interesting that they put him in in a relief appearance because he's really struggled. So I've got his game log up here. Uh, So since June 28th, um, these are the earned runs that he's allowed seven zero five eight seven and six in in those games yeah and the zero it was a seven inning well there were three runs given up in the seven innings but he's been i mean it seems like every game he just goes out there and it's been rough that we saw that that was the that was the game that was 11 to 2 and then the tin caps came back to win it when we were there in fort wayne he started that game and the first two innings were rough Ugh. And you could see the look on his face that he just—I mean, he didn't. I, I believe that he was frustrated because he wasn't performing well, but he was also frustrated because he didn't know what to do to try to get it right. straight.
0: Right. Right. Tried, 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 and they just kept hitting. Well, and that's and that's okay because in a ball in minor leagues, if he's not a starter, there's plenty of time to get make him a reliever. So having to come in and be successful.
1: True, and he's about to turn 21, so he's still young,
0: super young.
1: There's still the chance that he can, you know. Give him an off season. He can square it up. Uh oh. We're getting visited by we're the, uh, the Bells.
0: We still have Tri Cities and the AZL to talk about. So Bell. if you want to know.
1: Hi. 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 Hell's Bells here. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hell's Bells.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Is there a kookaburra in here? Are you done? We're, we're done, done because I we're mean, so, we're done so done exhausted. exhausted. Yeah, we, I have to go home and Angela has to go to bed. I'm okay. Just well,
1: let's. Uh, well, we got about another 10 minutes here, and then we okay, can r- wrap it I'll up. i see you at home. I'm assuming you're going to stop and get the quesadillas.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I was going to ask for uh-huh. pizza. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down for pizza. Go for it. All right, so we got a boogie. Okay, go back. All right, so on to Tri-Cities. <laughs> yes. All right, so for the single, on Friday, shortstop Jordy Barley hit his eighth homer of the year and singled Friday night. Barley's eight homers lead the team, and his power has been awfully impressive. Barley's eight dingers are the most for any Tri-Cities player since 2010, when the Dust Devils were a Rockies affiliate. Overall, Barley's hitting 266, 317, 474 this season. Which is when we first signed him
0: in the international signings, he was top of a lot of the uh, prospect lists. Oh, yeah. And just struggled in the AZL, and I think he's even had a little uh, shot at, at Tri-Cities last year and continued to struggle so to see him coming back, and I think he's the hottest hitter on this team, other than Micah Costa, um, is really big because he has all those tools. You know, Preller loves the loud tools.
1: Yeah, he was the one. There were a trio of shortstops. It was him, Ilaraza. Was it Ilaraza and Gabriel Arias? Justin Lopez was in there
0: too. It could have been Justin. Yeah,
1: that that were signed the same year, and he was the one that kind of. And one guy was the better defensive prospect. One guy was the better offensive prospect. But they said that he that. Jo- that Jordy Barley was the best athlete of the bunch and that if he could put it together, he could be the best player out of all of them. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the double. You say that. Wen Hua Sung, a 2016 signee out of Taiwan, continues to have a strong year after struggling to bounce back from arm injuries throughout uh, to stem from overwork as an amateur. And that, you know, it seems like that happens a lot with 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 amateurs out of Asia that they get overused, and you hear stories about guys going out there throwing 200-plus pitches yeah. in, a, in an outing. The strong-bodied hurler has 43 strikeouts against only 10 walks in 29-and-a-third relief appearances this year. Ignacio Feliz might be the best starting pitching prospect in Tri-City. The 19-year-old Dominican has made eight starts, thrown 42 innings with 40 strikeouts against 17 walks.
0: Well, the thing about uh, Sung is he was the first Asian international signing the Pilots have done. Correct. And so and having Ignacio pitch well once again it's 42 innings in in tri-cities but you want to see performance and you want to see these guys do well the triple friday song gillaby had sean gilby sean gilby god it's getting late i've been ordered anyways moving on had three hits and finished the homer side of the cycle the 19 year old gilby has been arguably the most exciting player on the dust devils roster ripe with power potential overall gilby is 113 WRC plus and a healthy walk rate over 10 percent if he continues to cut down on the strikeout the Padres might have a third day draft steal he was drafted in the 12th round last June so the 12th round that's
1: so they can the first 125,000 dollars of the signing doesn't apply to the cap after round 10 and so rounds 11 12 that's where you see guys selected that maybe a bit of a a bit of they're a bit of a project right but the talent is there. draft
0: and follow they call it yeah
1: well the 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 draft and follow doesn't happen anymore that's not a thing that was where they could draft them and then they could go back and still play college baseball for another year
0: oh i always thought you drafted them like okay you're just gonna see organizational guy
1: yeah no that was a rule that i i want to say about 10 years ago they they did away with it but they could draft a guy and then he could go back and play amateur baseball for another year and they had the, they had rights. They had his rights.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't remember exactly how that worked, but yeah. So a, a day three guy, but I, so I don't know what Sean Gilby's story was when he was drafted. If there was an injury involved, cause that's often the case yeah. that you get a guy like, like Mason fieldy who was, yeah. si- who was drafted in the 11th round that somebody that probably would have gone in the top three or four rounds if it hadn't been for the injury. Uh, but when Hua sung, um, he didn't pitch at all in 2017. He was signed in 2016 uh, didn't pitch in 2017. I would imagine because of the arm injuries. Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard anything about a surgery, but maybe they just gave him a year of R and R. And then in 2018, he got roughed up a lot and he went to, to, to Tri cities, pitched there you know, all season, but he did not have a good year. So now he's finally bringing it back around this year.
0: That's really nice. So moving on real quick to the AZL notes, uh, Pedro Avila made his second rehab start Tuesday, Jacob Nix, who pitched tonight, I believe. And, and, uh, in uh, Lake Lake Elsinore, excuse me, and Mason Thompson both made their second appearances Wednesday. Fantastic. This is last Wednesday. So for Knicks, after walking the first two, walking the first two in his rehab uh, appearance, it was a good sight to see him throw three innings without allowing a walk. Knicks is on the 40-man. Ripken Reyes, who the Padres drafted at the University of San Diego in the 30th round this June, continues to have a strong professional debut. The 22-year-old switch hitter, has a 318, 427, 420, excuse me, four forty two line in the desert. He could have a shot to open the year in Fort Wayne 2020. Brett Kennedy made his season debut working one inning. The 25-year-old right-hander was shut down in big league camp with shoulder and back pain. Then he had a setback in late spring. Lefty Gabriel Morales and righty Udie Essencio carried a no-hitter through seven innings against the White Sox. Morales, 20, has not allowed a run over the last 13 innings and is 2.45 ERA in the 6th on the circuit. Is 6th on the circuit. Thank you. The Venezuelan lefty is left to repeat, was left to repeat the AZL this season to improve his command and in-game focus. He responded by cutting his walk rate in half while continuing to strike out more than a batter per frame. Batters on a two oh seven average against him this year. That no-hitter was on the same day, I believe, that the... Um, that the caps we're going to throw a no hitter. Oh man, how would that be? Yeah. Two two no hitters in the same organization. Absolutely. So this is uh, this is nothing for nothing. But C.J. Abrams currently leads the league in average, is second in slugging, and is in the top ten in both on base and stolen bases. Bat power, eye speed explains why he's already a top fifty prospect.
1: Hell yeah! All right. So you mentioned Jacob Nix, and he did in fact pitch today. Um, and why is the website all of a sudden going haywire? Uh, I just pulled up the box score, and now I can't see it. But he, here we go. I'm stalling. He pitched four and a third innings, uh, gave up two hits, one earned run, one walk, seven strikeouts. Yep. So that is a solid appearance. He threw
0: 65 pitches, 43 of them for strikes. That now sounds it, like a su- successful day. Absolutely. And you guys, you want these guys to get the innings under their belt. Knicks didn't have the the success that I thought he was going to have last year. I really thought he was going to do a lot better. Well, but last year he was dealing with a groin injury. Yeah.
1: He had a, a lingering groin injury all season that supposedly sapped some of his power. Because if you can't drive from your lower body, you know, you're going to lose some velocity. He had surgery in the offseason, came into spring training looking great. He was pitching and the velocity was was up. Yeah. He was throwing his fastball was up like 95, 96, where it should have been rather than like 91, 93 when he came here last year. Yeah. And then they shut him down with elbow issues. He decided to to try to get around surgery. Maybe the tear was a minor tear. They did a platelet platelet rich plasma injection, and they've tried to rehab without surgery.
0: And it seems to be working. Yeah,
1: it's the same thing that Brett Kennedy did.
0: Because rarely does that platelet rich infusion work. It's it, always like it can like
1: work though. Masahiro Tanaka did it with the Yankees. He did. Yeah, and there there are cases where it has worked. I mean, really, you look at any pitcher's UCL, and there will be damage. And it doesn't matter how, you know, it's just the body is not meant to throw a baseball at high velocity. It's a very unnatural motion.
0: Yeah, overhand is definitely unnatural. Yeah. It is getting late in the podcast for me. It
1: is. (laughs) Well, I think we've gotten to the bottom of the list here. So are we ready
0: to wrap it up? We are ready to wrap it up. You guys, once again, tomorrow the Padres are going to wear the El Paso Chihuahua hats. Yeah, keep your eyes posted. It's probably going to be an online auction, right? I'm, I'm sure what's going to yeah. be. Yeah.
1: So look out for that and support the community in El
0: Paso. Absolutely. If you go to uh, da- uh, the DaytonFoundation.org for the Dayton Dragons for for those of you that are in the Midwest League or that, that feel they that they want to do uh, you want to give and, and sort of S-
1: support the community in Dayton.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And they just went through a tornado like last year. That's really bad. So oh, that's right. They're just reeling. Um, do that, you guys. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Twitter at SDDonovan. I am at Zippy underscore TMS. And by next week, we'll have Luis Patino start in double
1: A, baby. Oh, man. Yeah, go Patino. Go Patino.